Hello and welcome along to the NZ Swim Bike Run podcast, home to everything swimming, biking, running and triathlon in New Zealand. Welcome back to the NZ Swim Bike Run podcast. Today's episode is about swimming and a lot of it. We're handing over the reins to two young open water swimmers named Rebecca Hollingsworth and Caitlin O'Reilly, who within a couple of weeks of each other knocked off one of New Zealand's toughest swims, not just once, but twice. We hope you enjoy it. Dear Caitlin, because after your <laughs> swim, I think I messaged you and you said, I I'm not going to talk to you about my swims. Yeah, no, I wasn't allowed to. I, it was very clear. Don't freak out, Rebecca. <laughs> it's like there's nothing to worry about. It's going to be fine. So I suppose um, setting the scene for everyone else. Um, so Caitlin and I, um, within a month of each other, just swam 80.4 kilometres um, to a Lake Topol swim. Um, and before this year, I suppose only two other people had done it, uh, Philip Rush in uh, 1985 and Sandra Blewett in 1986. So we thought we'd have a, a bit of a conversation. Yeah. Um, we do have some talking points um, that have been supplied and we will try our best to stay on topic, but <laughs> yeah. it's not guaranteed. <laughs> Um, so I think the first one is around how we uh, got into swimming and discovered open water. Do you want to yep. start, Caitlin? Yep. Um, so I've really been swimming all my life uh, as a as a toddler through to like moving up levels at the pool at Northern Arena in Silverdale and moving through competitive swimming, which I started when I was nine, um, swimming like 100-meter butterfly at nationals and a few other bits and bobs along the way and then I think I was 11 years old when my coach he was talking poolside about the swim that he'd done and I was really interested to know about it and I interviewed him and I was like what what was what was the swim that you did and how far was it and I was hooked when he told me what he did and I was like cool I'm gonna do that so I wrote it down on my goal sheet and I was cooked straight and I was like yep this is what I'm gonna do and I did that and that's kind of all how my story kind of started through moving through competitive swimming into the open water swimming and meeting lots of new people in the community. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I, I suppose I did the the swimming growing up thing as well, but I probably wasn't as serious. So I I did competitive swimming up until 15 um, and then I gave up. Around 15, I was old enough to get a supermarket job, which I thought was quite exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I probably found my love for swimming as an adult. So I at uni, I got a job as a swim teacher. And so that kind of got me back in the water, but not fully. Um, and then I had a friend who was into open water swimming and triathlon, and she got me into um, the Ocean Swim Series, so I sort of got into it that way probably over over 10 years ago now, um, maybe 10, 11 years ago, so um, more of an adult finding love for swimming thing, yeah, but it's no, always good to cool. have that base 
from swimming at high school? Yeah, definitely. I think swimming at a club or a squad definitely has an impact on your open water swimming, no matter how long ago it was or like even if you've done it for a few years, it's definitely helpful. Yeah. And I suppose when I was at high school, I don't really think I knew that um, long open water swimming was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did like the Flanagan Cup in New Plymouth and um, just thought it was a novel, um, something different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, we need to describe the rules of swim, open water swimming for everyone listening. Because um, cool. everyone still assumes that I wear that I wear a wetsuit. Yeah, I get that question all the time. So do you wear a wetsuit? Like, no. God. <laughs> so basically, the English Channel sets the rules for marathon swimming, and so if it's not acceptable in the English Channel, it's um, it's not a goer. So yeah, no much. wetsuit. <laughs> um, no wetsuit. No gog- uh, cat goggles. That's it. Uh, just a normal swimsuit. I think. Yeah helping with buoyancy or heat or anything like that. We're allowed a bit of grease. Yeah, (laughs) grease. (laughs) Lovely, lovely grease. (laughs) Yeah, ruins your togs. Um, (laughs) You can't get out onto the boat and have a chill. No, unfortunately. That would be nice, though. Just five minutes during the swim. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And for our swim, we had a turnaround. Mm, Um, And I think there's an official rule that you're allowed 10 minutes out of the water. Um, but I don't think I wanted 10 minutes out of the water. How about you? No, no, it was quite cold out of the water. Like it was warmer in the water. I think my swim, it was, I want to say 20 degrees in the water and like seven degrees out of the water, much preferred. And I didn't want to hang around because there was a nice, nice motel there for me to just walk up into a nice bed. Cause my, my parents stayed the, the night at Braxmere. Oh, really? um, so they had, they had a room there. <laughs> And my sister was in bed asleep and it's like, oh my God, so easy. <laughs> no, there's nothing like that for me. I just hopped out, <laughs> hopped back in and um, yeah. Um, cool. So I think Scotty left us multiple questions on dealing with uncertainty. So we obviously blow people's mind about how we um, cope with, um, you know, is this one actually going to happen? Um, yeah. Because apparently we were both secretive about it. And people were like, why are you so secretive about your swim? <laughs> um, I wasn't secretive about it. Like, it's not like it's not like the Olympics where it's campaigned that you're going and this is what you're doing. I feel like that's a lot of pressure to have the whole world know what you're doing. I'd rather keep it to myself, close friends, a few other people maybe. Um, but Taupo, that was the first swim I've had people at the start. Like I had um, Ellie and a few other mates down at the start, which was actually quite cool to say, see you tomorrow. <laughs> and yeah, leave them to that so they could come back and watch me later. But yeah, I do think there's a lot of pressure in what we're doing just because it's not done by many people. And um, uh, I don't know how to phrase it properly. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of pressure when you tell people from my perspective yeah. anyway. I am. Um, I was the same. I told people around me, so a lot of the Wellington crew knew yeah. that I was planning the swim. Um, quite a few Aucklanders as well, because I um, went on a bit of a swim camp in Topo earlier in the season. I was pretty open about it. But I think the the thing I don't like is having too many people know and then like messaging you, going, "Have you done the swim yet?" Yeah. 
yeah like there'll be so much social media coverage you'll know when i've done the swim yeah you, <laughs> they'll know that people who swim long chat oh my god so much stuff on there you're not gonna miss it <laughs> yeah and um did you swim uh when your window was or did it blow out at all um i pretty much swam when my window was i was kind of given beginning of march end of eight uh beginning of march end of feb and i swam the 6th of march so it was just a matter of waiting for the right the right thing um but it was getting closer to the end of my window so i was looking at whether i had the windy app up and i'm like phil this is the right time to go this is the right time why aren't i swimming i think i might have bugged him him and mike cochran i might have bugged them a little bit <laughs> I was like, when am I going? Eager, eager, eager to go. That's why. Uh, I was the yeah. same on the windy app all the time and trying to trying to guess it. But I, I yeah. stayed away from bugging Phil, but I did keep my um, crew on tenterhooks going, it um. could be any day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think after your swim, um, Phil, um, I met up with Phil and he, he was like, yes, the, the weather in Taupo is super settled. Um, you know, we'll get you away mid-March. Um, and then that's when that massive low-pressure system came across the country. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that blew out my my when I was going to do it. Um, but I suppose my Cook Strait experience, um, I was supposed to do my Cook Strait swim Waitangi weekend, and I didn't do it until the end of March. Oh, and wow. so yeah. I feel yeah. like that gave me some um, good preparation for um, having my yeah. swim blown out at least once. Um, but thankfully, we got some good weather. So I've just done my swim uh, first, second of April. So yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. For my Cook Strait swim, um, I was only twelve, so all the communication was through my parents. But um, we got the ring up at four o'clock the day before we were going to swim. We packed everything up and I picked up my coach and went to the airport and swam at two o'clock the next day. So. Yeah, for all of my swims, we've kind of been in a rush to go down. Taupo single crossing was day before again. We drove down after school and went to Braxmere and swam the next day. So, yeah, you never you never know when you're really going to swim. Yeah, and I suppose this time around as well, we had COVID uncertainty. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it was like for you, but um, like I exclusively worked from home before my swim because I did, didn't want COVID. And I was like very nervous about anyone in the crew getting COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, was the, I was the same. We took my sister who's um, 15 and we took her out of school for the entire week because we didn't want her to get COVID. I didn't go to uni. Mum didn't go to work. Only dad did, but he's in a smaller environment. So yeah, we're very cautious about the COVID thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Um, so getting into our, our swim um should we both share a bit about our build up to the swim yeah um, yeah do you want to go <laughs> okay um so i think my build up is probably a little bit um different to yours so um i kind of work full time and so i think that my training sort of structured probably more around life yeah <laughs> uh, than anything else um but um, I kind of got an idea of doing the swim August. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the same position as you, having overseas swims planned. So I've, I had an English Channel booked for 2022. 
Um, and around that time, I made the call to push it out again because, um, you know, borders still closed, too much uncertainty. And around that time, I talked to Phil about um, doing a long swim. I think I'm up for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we decided on a plan A and a plan B. So, like, um, it was more likely going to be double topor, but I also had in mind that if we got the, if it was a perfect summer, maybe trying a double uh, cook straight. So I sort of set the plan up. Um, and then I think I probably did all my big weeks around Christmas, New Year. Uh, so that's when I had uh, most of my free time and I just went crazy. Um <laughs> I didn't do the 100k weeks though. I, just, I didn't want to exhaust myself too much. Um, and then I sort of dropped down to something um, more sustainable sort of when I was back at work. But I actually found it wasn't too daunting training for like an 80k swim. I thought it would be. But I know I know that I had all my other swims sort of in my back pocket. Um, like, you know, I'd done top, uh, Cook Straight last year and I still had that base. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that my training was sort of similar trajectory, but just pushing the mileage up where I could. And it's probably the, it's the same in Auckland. Um, in Wellington, we've got such a good swim community that it's so so easy to get your training in when you're swimming with other people. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed my training actually. I, it's part of part of the journey, eh? Yeah, I think yeah. the training that's like almost bigger than the swim itself. I think people re don't really realize that the lead up to it is so much harder than the swim itself because you know you've got to get in certain miles and certain um you want to kind of hit pace and things like that and yeah it can be quite difficult leading up to the swim you did do some 100k weeks eh? i did over christmas um for ellie's huntington's disease charity thing i did uh seven 15ks uh, one one of those days was a 10k um, but that was just like mentally having to do the 10k and then I got out and I did a 5k in the pool most days so having to do a 10k and then go and do another five and then do it all again the next day I think kind of prepared me for doing one lap and then having to turn around and knowing that I've got to do that all again I think it helped with that and then the week after I did that um, I think I had four days off just light swimming and then I went to swim camp in uh, Cambridge with the club and that was kind of more speed work um, which is their endurance stuff which is like I don't know 400 meter uh, sets like 10 fours or something like that just keeping up the pace picking making sure that my pace is there um, yeah and that was uh, I think 60 odd k's maybe so not as big as the week before but a higher intensity um most of my training was based around squads so uh seven to eight times a week two hours a session uh, doing squad training which is all really pace kind of stuff for me not much endurance stuff but that was kind of sorted out over the weekends like swimming with Jono or someone like that yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I did for my training yeah um Phil's a big advocate for pace hey yeah 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 I think that's kind of how he he came up through swimming was through the squad thing again through the club swimming and 
doing lots of pace work. Yeah. yeah. I tried to do a mix of pool and open water. Um, you know, pool for your pace and then um, open water for your enjoyment and distance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to remind you why you're actually doing yeah. this. And we both did like um we, we both did like Rotomar as well, didn't we? Um fifteen yeah. kilometers. Yeah, that was a cool swim. I like it. I found yeah, yeah I found the the likes of Lake Rotomar and I did a few sort of six hour swims as yeah. sort of my what I found really good in my training sort of knowing I could sort of do those big chunks yeah yeah and I think that's what my other like Fovo and Talco and Cook they were knowing that I could swim for 14 hours it was just a matter of continuing to push through like at the end of Lake Talco single crossing I wasn't like I didn't have that much like I wasn't like I could have kept going, um, like I wasn't at my limit yet. I knew yeah. I've got had more in me. Yeah, I was the same after Cook Strait and Topol. Like my Cook Strait was quite a challenging swim because I tried a tandem. Yeah. Um, and that didn't quite work out. But we sort of got the tides, we got the chop, we got the the tandem partner pulling yeah. out, and um, despite all that. You know, finishing at eleven o'clock at night, but despite all that, you know, I was in a good space. I'm like, actually, yeah. I'm feeling good. That's a good swim. Um, yeah. Okay. Should we should we talk about the swim? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um. Okay. What did we do before the swim? Um. So before my swim, we kind of drove down a few days before. Um, stayed at an Airbnb, just chilled out for the first couple of days, uh, short swim, uh, just preparing all the food, making sure my crew knew what they were doing, um, packing out the boat, talking with Phil, uh, coming up with kind of a plan of what to expect, um, what I was going to do, uh, how I was going to think, because for FOVO, mentally, that was really challenging for me. Um, I don't know why I just got into a dark space and for this one I knew that if that happened I wasn't going to make it to the end so for me it was just staying positive throughout the swim and before the swim as well um so that's why I think having those people there before just to keep me motivated and to make sure that I came back to see them at the end uh that that helped quite a bit um yeah but before the swim I was just chilling out relaxing not tr trying not to think about it too much um I remember we were sitting having dinner out on the porch and it's got this huge lake view. And I was like, oh my God, that's a long way. I go do that twice. And I was like, no, go inside. You can't look at the lake. Yeah. Just staying calm before the swim. Yeah. Um, I went up the day before. Um, I got actually got to drive on Transmission Gully. So you probably don't oh, no. appreciate it as an Aucklander, <laughs> but that, you know, in Wellington, that's quite exciting. Um, got a minor stone chip. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask about um, that. <laughs> but thankfully nothing major. Um, and then it was pretty the same as how, how much can I chill out before the swim. Uh, we did have to do like a few boring things like grocery shopping and get a million bananas. <laughs> um, and it was amazing actually. Um, the time involved in getting all the feeds ready because yeah. it's such a long swim so there's actually quite a few feeds that you've got to prepare and uh, um, I don't know about um, I don't know what your feed plan was but we had um, for my rice pudding and my I had a bit some banana mash with maple syrup 
and we we use sort of baby food pouches. Um, but you know that's quite a lot of preparation. You know, having to like fill yeah. each of those yeah, up. Um, yeah. And then I think, yeah, just I, I had such a um, cool team, um, and we just sort of just all stayed together in a um, Airbnb as well. Um, got the the look over the lake the day before, except um, it was windy. And so there was like all these white caps on the lake and it was a bit intimidating going, I hope it's calmer than that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think um, the morning of the swim, and I, it was, I don't, it's probably similar for you, like, I, you know, you had the instructions to sleep as much as possible. Yeah. And you didn't uh, do that? You woke up oh, at, like, I tried. Early. I tried I, um, as well. I woke up at like eight. <laughs> Yeah, I like woke up and I had got cereal and then went back to bed and like found myself on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> and then got up again and like said good morning to my crew. And then like I saw my mum driving up the driveway and like, oh, I better go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, sort of like in bed, out of bed, and then eventually um, got up properly. But there wasn't yeah. too much sleep going on. It was just trying to be rest. I suppose yeah yeah definitely I was the same got up spoke chilled out on the couch for the entire morning um I got my togs on really early like probably three hours before the swim I had oh, like why? sunblock on yeah I don't know I was just I was just ready to go <laughs> I was sick and tired of waiting around um but yeah just a chill morning Not we should nice give context this both of our swims started about one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So yeah. we had the morning there to um, be ready. Yeah, it was nice um, having the morning, not having to worry about getting up at 3 a.m. and sorting everything out in the dark and like single chapo is 3 a.m. start. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very relaxed start, isn't it? Yeah, at it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd recommend it actually. Sort of, and you look like ridiculous on the beach in daylight with your thing. Yeah, you do. Yeah, um, everyone's like, "Who on earth is that person? What are they doing?" Um, yeah, and you just sort of you're just going out for a swim. Yeah, the public have no idea. They're like, "What is going on?" I remember when I finished, um, I finished my single crossing, and there was a guy there. They're having like a family barbecue, and he offered me a sausage, and we were trying to explain what we did. And he's like, oh, you swam from the point, um, you know, the point that you swim past. It's like nine Ks, nine Ks to go. And I was like, no, the other side, <laughs> the other side of the lake. He, he just couldn't understand what that meant. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, after my one way, I thought someone asked me if I'd swum from Lower Hut. <laughs> so I obviously, like, didn't hear it properly. But um, that obviously been told that I was from Lower Hut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, just touring <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, should we get into this one? Um, yeah. The first. How do we want to do this? Should we talk about the first lap? Yeah. Yeah. And then. So. Yeah. I really loved my first lap. Did yeah. So did I. I loved my first lap. I was just like so chill, so positive. I was looking at the stars. Yeah. I I really enjoyed the first lap. Um, I got some really good glassy conditions in the afternoon yeah. and it like felt like we just zoomed past Acacia Bay 
and I thought to myself, um, I'm sure it's not going to be like that coming back. <laughs> I I had a kind of a rough start. It was a little bit choppy, but I mean, two hours into it, it calmed out, calmed down a little bit, and like going past the island, I was like, oh my god, I'm already 20 k's in. I'm on fire. I'm on a roll. Um, I had the opposite. So I had the the, the glass at the in the afternoon, and then it chopped up. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, the chop was in the right direction. Um, I think I said to Phil afterwards, you know, you need a bit of variety in the swim. And he's, I think he said, oh, we could have done without that chop. <laughs> but I, yeah. got, I liked it, I think. Maybe that's the sea swimmer in me, needing a little bit yeah, of um, that's the that's the, what, that's the Wellington in you. <laughs> <laughs> got, got a bit of washing machine to, to make it a real swim. Yeah, mine was against me, so I was like smashing into waves. I think it was coming kind of to the side of me for the first couple of hours. But yeah, can't complain at all. Calm down. And through the night, it was pretty good as well. Um, yeah. Um, I had apple crumble at the island. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I, I thought just thinking about like you know how we we plan a, a proper meal I suppose at the turnaround mm. I thought I might need something else to look forward to so I planned yeah. apple crumble at the island both times oh, but nice. it was quite funny they just <laughs> gave it to me in like a tray and I just had to grab a handful oh, God. <laughs> and it's hard in the lake um like usually I don't notice the difference between the sea and the like with the salt and the buoyancy, but trying to feed at 50 something Ks and like I'm sinking and I'm trying to eat and oh my God, it was difficult. It's trying to stay afloat. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I noticed that too much. I did notice the adjustment um, at the start of the swim sort of to be in the lake water versus the sea yeah. water. And I think after I adjusted, I was fine. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's right. What um, how, how did you like the night swimming? Oh, the night swimming, yeah, I don't mind it. In the lake, I don't mind it. In the ocean, that's a different story. But in the lake, um, yeah, no, I was just looking at the lights on the side. I mean, getting in that last five kilometres or a couple of kilometres in the last of the first lap, that was kind of rough not knowing where I was and kind of knowing it was there but not there because, I mean, you don't get – we don't get told exactly where we are and how far we've gone and – what the time was and um but swimming through the night I think it was I, I had it it was all pretty calm and flat so I was pretty happy yeah unlike my cook straight swim where that was my first ever night swim and I was just pitch black and I was just crying the entire swim so it was a nice nice stark experience <laughs> um I think I had over 12 hours in the dark for topo um being you know pushing into April um yeah so I think I was I was prepared for it um but I I think I actually looked forward to it because I I was looking forward to sort of the um almost you know zoning out of your surroundings and just sort of focusing on your swimming and being doing your swim um and so the first part of the night swimming I think I I quite enjoyed um and I think yeah, I, I had the same thing as you. You start to see the lights quite far out from the southern yeah. end because um, it was it was pitch black, like um, there's no moon, um, but then eventually you start to see the contours around the side of the lake and the lights, 
and I remember just telling myself, okay, now I can't think too far ahead. I need to just like focus on what I'm doing and just ignore the lights because I don't know how far away they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, you know, this is going to mess with my mind if I think about those lights too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's with a long song like that, um, I was very careful about what thoughts went into my head. Like um, the last 5K again, I was starting to think, oh, my God, I have to do this all again. I don't think I can do it. But it's just a matter of kind of pushing those thoughts aside and thinking, actually, no, you can do this. You don't need to get out. You're fine. You're not cold. You're you're good you can keep swimming yeah yeah that was it required a real discipline eh? like um I did the same I sort of broke my swim into sections and go okay I can't think beyond this section so you know I'm I'm thinking about my current you know up until the turnaround you know that's the bit I'm thinking about right now I'm not going to think about after that um and it mostly worked um I'll talk about when it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) um and um yeah, I did swim into a pumice. Oh, nice. <laughs> did you see any fish during your swim? I saw well, one trout. Not at night. One, I saw <laughs> one trout, one trout the entire swim. That was all my entertainment. <laughs> no, no. Nothing much. else. I just got um, the pumice, and um, as we approached the southern end, the, the, it's a lake weed. Oh, yeah, those freaked me out. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, they weren't as scary as the pumice. <laughs> Um, okay, and then um, the turnaround. What was your turnaround like? Yeah, it was uh, pretty chill. I walked out on the boat ramp, sat down, ate my lasagna, said hello to because I had my crew swap. So my nana jumped off and my mum got on, waving them, saying hi to my sister, um, asking what my time was, thinking it was going to be faster than my single crossing, it being 20 minutes slower. Um, yeah, no, I was pretty chill. I was pretty happy. Um, uh, what else happened? Nothing else really happened. I ate my lasagna pretty quickly, had a hot drink and went off again, started swimming out. Um, yeah. I have to admit that in one of your photos on on Facebook, you looked a bit grumpy at the turnaround. (laughs) And so, like when I when I saw that, I was like, I'm not going to actively encourage anyone to go <laughs> meet me at the turnaround. <laughs> I don't want any photos of me looking grumpy. I haven't, uh, I haven't seen those. I know my sister was in complete control of my social media. There's, yeah, a few things have been taken down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so. It was just um, me and I had Phil and Karina on the IRB at turnaround. And I think I um, I went out of the water. I did a little celebration and then, like, went back in and I, I had pasta. Yeah. Um, and it was it actually tasted better than the night before when we made it. And <laughs> Phil was taking full credit because he just bought a new pot. <laughs> oh, God. But I think Karina said afterwards. Yeah, yeah um, they'd, they'd got some butter and cooked it in a bit of butter. Um <laughs> But it was quite quite nice having a little bit of real food. Um, I sat on the boat ra- on the boat ramp, and then it was like really awkward in the shallows. So I sort of just stood up. Yeah. Um, didn't want to hang around too long. I think I might have got a little bit, you know, a little bit cold and stiff sort of after the turnaround. Um, so I had to get you know get back into it. 
Yeah, because I mean, when you stop, you kind of lose the momentum of, and everything like the lactic acid starts to build up, and you just you're like, oh my god, yeah. I am sore. You don't yeah, feel even sore just five swimming. minutes, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I didn't want to ask my time or anything like that because I was like, you know, um, this is halfway. Yeah, this is, this is yeah. not the big event. This turnaround. Yeah, you've done that before. Yeah, matter of doing it again. I think I did beat my one-way time though. I'm pretty sure I did. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The, getting into the second lap. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, it was that kind of, that thought of, oh my god, I have to do this all again, kind of slid into my mind. Um, going through the night into the morning. Um, I was I was sappy. I like I wasn't there were no tears yet, nothing nothing major happened. Um I was still feeling my stroke pretty well and um I think the only kind of thing that really happened was kind of in the middle of the second lap. I think at fifty three Ks I had a little tantrum. Um and I wanted to get out. I was like, Oh my god, I can't do this, I've got to get out and Mike being the person he is said, well, just 15 minutes. We'll reevaluate in 15 minutes. I had this huge, luckily Phil was asleep. Phil was asleep and he didn't get woken up. So that was good. That's had good a little, yeah, a little, little tantrum. And then it was never talked about again. And I was good from there. Um, but that's really the only major thing. How did I you deal with the about. sleep? Did you get any sleep deprivation or? No, no, that didn't really – I thought that that was going to be something that got me for the swim. Um, but I didn't, like, do any preparation for it like or anything like that. Did you? Did you, like, no. stay up? Yeah. I didn't do any training for sleep deprivation because um, I, I figured that would just exhaust me if I tried to do that. Yeah. Um, but we, I think the I, – I got into my second lap quite well and um you know managed to sort of get my momentum back and get into the flow of things and then i think probably in the early morning when it's sort of still dark but it's not too far away from daylight i just got really tired yeah like i knew my body was holding up but like my body was doing fine and um but i just wanted to go to sleep <laughs> um so i i asked for a coffee <laughs> and, and apparently that was quite a thing on the boat because I'd um I'd left pre-swim instructions about wanting mm. a proper plunger coffee, you know, yeah. none of this instant stuff. <laughs> but none of the crew were very adept at um, coffee making, <laughs> except for um, Omar. Um, yeah. So Omar, poor Omar was asleep. <laughs> and so he had to get woken up so he could make my coffee. <laughs> I guess that's the role of the crew. If, if the swimmer wants a coffee, you give them a coffee. Exactly. Um, that's what they're there for, no matter how much the crew suffers. <laughs> so I, I got um, on the next feed, I, um, I, that's when Phil came back on the boat. I got my coffee, very good no. coffee. Thank you, Omar. Um, I think I got some painkillers at that point. And then not long after that, the sun came up. Um, and I think just the combination um, put me right. Yeah, so I, I think once the, once it was light, I kind of forgot about the fact that I hadn't got any sleep. Um, sort of, yeah. So that was a little, I suppose, a little moment. <laughs> yeah, a little moment. 
I'd rather have that kind of moment than what the, the moment that I had. <laughs> I don't think I did um, any tantrums. Um, no, not no very tears. good at getting grumpy. No tears. <laughs> no tears. No. Um, yeah. I think during my swim, I tried to the sleep thing again. I tried to swim with one eye closed, like I fully relaxed one side of my, like just to. And I close my eyes when I have my head down and then open them to look at the IRB. And I, I did keep forgetting to open my eyes and I look it and sounds I like sleep swim into the IRB. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've just remembered that now. I don't remember much <laughs> of my swim. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I had on the second lap, um, at one point, um, probably not too long after the sleep thing, um, apparently I wasn't looking very relaxed with my stroke. Uh, so I don't know if Phil did, did this for you, but I got like some mental homework. No, I didn't so get that. I, I had to think of something that they didn't know about me in the next half an oh, hour. No, I did I did get that and I couldn't come up with an answer. There was oh. nothing I could think of. <laughs> Were you like worried you'd find out that you'd think of something really boring? And it was yeah, just... yeah, that's what I was worried about. I was like, no, I can't say that. No, not that. <laughs> I've been on for like four feeds. <laughs> I suppose a big focus of the swim is um, having to be relaxed, eh? Yeah. It was about, I suppose, your pace was kind of important because you didn't want to be out there. Well, you were out there all day, but you didn't want to be out there for two days. Um, but you needed to do that relaxed so you could sustain it. Um, and what, so that was that was a big focus for you as well, eh? Yeah, I think uh, the first lap I was kind of holding a good a good um, stroke and a good pace that I was comfortable with. It wasn't like slow and um, like a warm down kind of thing. It was like a like a mid set kind of strong pace, but not slacking off or anything like that. And then as I got into the like last 10k maybe it was just a matter of getting to the end I didn't care how fast I swam or how I got there I was like oh my god I've just got to put one arm in front of the other um, but I do remember on the second lap during the feeds I, I got bored during my swim and I wanted to I wanted to chat with Mike and my dad on the IRB so I extended my feeds quite a bit because I was bored <laughs> And they had a jet ski come around, a mate on a jet ski. They delivered coffee to the crew. I, oh, I, didn't, yeah. get my co I didn't get coffee delivered by jet ski. Very rude. My dad and Mike having, or my dad drinking coffee while I was swimming. That's another thing, actually. When you were swimming, could you see your crew getting your feeds ready? Um, yes, but I think they were pretty efficient about it. My crew were not. Mike, because Mike, Mike knew that I was, I was waiting for my feeds. Like that was the thing I was getting to my next feeds, and that was the kind of goal. And he would get things ready, like what felt like ten minutes before, and he'd sit them on the side of the IRB, and he could see me just watching and waiting. And I stopped once, and he was like, "No, no, no, you've still got two minutes left." I'm like, "Oh my god, just give me the feed." <laughs> I think I was pretty good with my feeds. I don't. Um hang out for them too much a couple a few of them felt re very long um mm. I think we did 40 minute feeding yeah um, yeah I did you, the same yeah um but no they were they were pretty efficient 
I did memorize my feed plan very well. And um, on, I know on the first lap, um, I called, so Laura, who was on the boat with um, Mike at the time, um, I, I told her off for uh, skipping a feed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I was obviously looking forward to that feed. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> no, I was told um, to write a feed plan, but didn't end up didn't end up getting one. So I was just given whatever. I think I was given like five gels, what felt like five gels in the first couple of feeds. <laughs> I was like, really? Only gels? <laughs> yeah. I had about six things. So my feed plan was basically based around six different feeds um, and I just cycled through them. Yeah. And that sort of seemed to work well. And like I had gels in there, but they weren't too frequent because I think, I don't think you can have frequent gels on that long a swim. You just screw your stomach. Um, how did you find the point? The So before the point, the island was the thing that got me. I was like, oh, oh my God, this island is not moving. Uh, I think that was right right after my tantrum. I was like, okay, just make it to the island. We've just got to make it to the island. And it never came. Um, that was probably the longest part of my swim was making it to the island. The point, once I got to the point, I was like, okay, I've got nine Ks to go. I know that I can swim from the point to the beach. I've done that before. Um, it was kind of like the home stretch for me, more or less. And then the same going past Acacia Bay. I was like, right, you're almost there. Yeah. Um, I didn't find the island an issue on the way back. It just seemed to show up when it showed up, um, which was good. Um, but I made the mistake of thinking about how far am I to that point? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I made the mistake of thinking about the uh, end bit before yeah. I was at the point. So I was like having this conversation with myself about, well, I'm kind of nearly there. It probably doesn't matter how fast I am. <laughs> I can just like, so long as I keep moving my arms. And then yeah. I told myself, actually, no, I don't like that strategy because I've seen too many people take a long time to get from where I am now to the end of the lake. But I, didn't, I, I actually slowed down at that point. So I, mm. I think I got told that my stroke rate had dropped. So it did, when it came to the point, I got Phil on the IRB sort of giving me the, Hurry up, Rebecca. I saw a photo. Was it was it you who was swimming? Um, a photo of Phil with a big stick in his hand. Yeah. Is that during yours? <laughs> yeah. I think he resorted to the 80s. <laughs> Maybe he thought I wasn't yeah. listening to him, so he needed some big gestures. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I did pick up my pace after the point. Um, yeah. I, well, I wasn't allowed to not pick up my pace. Um, <laughs> yes, no choice. <laughs> um, no choice in the matter. Um, but I was grateful for it because I didn't want a 30-hour swim. I wanted yeah. to um, just get out as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and it was quite effective because I um, managed to beat your time. I know you did. I know. <laughs> That's actually one of Scotty's points. <laughs> Are you going to do it again so you can beat my time? Am I going to do it again? No, no. <laughs> I'll just have to do something bigger. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds fair enough. <laughs> Can't do the same swim twice. Maybe a yeah. third lap. Yeah, third lap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not sure I'm in a hurry to do a third lap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have some shorter swims that I'd like to do beforehand. Um, the Ocean Sevens thing is kind of the next on my list. 
yeah. waiting for Japan to open up. Um, that will be a massive undertaking. Yeah, yeah. And because I want to get it done quite quickly, I want to get it done kind of before I'm 20. So in the next couple of years is the idea, which will take a lot out of me, even though I've swum 40Ks, um, again, it being in the ocean and different tides and weather factors. And uh, yeah, so it'll be exhausting. Oh, they're all very different swims, though, aren't they, at the Ocean 7? Yeah. So even though they'll be shorter than your 80K, um, they'll all be, yeah. like, different challenges in different ways. Yeah, definitely. You'll yeah. get the, the, the lovely jellyfish in the North Channel. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. So looking forward to it. <laughs> um, Wellington's had some big jellyfish lately. You just need to come to Wellington more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not North Channel jellyfish. <laughs> no, I did hear about the Wellington jellyfish during... Um, one of the ocean swim series, the lighthouse one. Um, I heard some stories about that. Yeah. Yeah. The other swim to do for jellyfish. So one of my my first um, 20k swim was Rotness Channel mm. um, in Australia, and um, they have little stingers that you can't see. Oh, no. And so I'm pretty sure for the first three hours of that swim, I was just beaten up by these little stingers. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but the thing that got me through it was thinking all these Australians in the water are putting up with this, so I can put up with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing like some trans-Tasman rivalry to get you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, and it, was there anything else? Um, oh, uh, uh, any other goals? Are you going to – so I'm also ahead of you in the record books for ice swimming, Caitlin. Yeah, you are. But that's not my fault. <laughs> Technically, I would be in there. Technically, yeah. Caitlin was I'm too young. It. I was too little. <laughs> so are you going to do, okay. are you doing more ice swimming? Um, I'm trying to convince Mr. Philip Rush that I can do an ice mile in between Japan and LA. Um, currently, he's at a no because it'll just take too much out of me, but I'm working on it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've done the the, the mile. So I think it's a matter of talking Duncan and Sue and stuff into a something a bit longer. I think there are a few others keen for that. Uh, yeah. You don't but, really yeah. need the cold for Catalina, though. No, I don't. <laughs> it's preparation for North Channel. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, I suppose I'm going to have to think of another goal as well because my um my English Channel is 2024 now. It's, they've been very accommodating, I have to say. Um, although I think they're going to become less accommodating because they made me sign a piece of paper with all these things about not making any changes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been talking with English Channel pilots and I've got a slot B for um, a slot B for 2023 with Mike Oram. Uh, oh, yeah. So hopefully I'll get a swim in. Otherwise, I think it'll be 2024 2025 just they've got such a huge waiting waiting list for these swims it's ridiculous yeah. and they will get it very expensive um yes so that's probably that there's so many swims that i'd love to do like there's a whole heap in america that um yeah. really appeal to me but they just all cost money <laughs> i know i know it's ridiculous and it's like we're so far away it's flights accommodation and all of that jazz whereas here it's just like a drive 
drive in a yeah. flight maybe. And I suppose that's been the cool thing about um, COVID and doing these, um, getting to do these local swims. Like we've had such a great opportunity to do um, these swims and they are just a drive away most of the time, except for FOVO. Um, yeah, that was not a drive away. <laughs> um, like I was very fortunate last year to get the, the cook straight in. Um, yeah. And that's very much just up the, up the road because I'm a, a Wellington local. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I think we should thank uh, Phil Rush as well because it's such a big undertaking doing, like, multiple double swims in yeah. a month. That's pretty yeah. amazing, really. I mean, people think uh, swimming is exhausting. Imagine sitting on an IRB for 28 hours. It's a long time to be sitting on an IRB. Oh, they did swap out. But they didn't, yeah, I don't think they got much sleep. No. I, yeah. I think he does a lot for the swimming community, I think, more than what people realise. And he does put a lot of time and effort into what he does as well. So I think everyone's very grateful for him because I don't think the ultramarathon swimming community would be what it is without him and a few other people like Mike Cochran and those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, I also had... Um... So I was also very grateful for Mike Cochran. Uh, and I also had Corey. Yep. I don't, did Corey crew your cooks? No, it might have been. No, I haven't had Corey yet. So Corey um, is kind of the uh, Phil's person on the cook straight. So I couldn't ask for a more experienced crew, really, to have um, both Corey and Mike there. So that was very fortunate. Um, and then um, I think... I had a pretty, like, in terms of my immediate crew, I had um, my good friend Karina, who um, was my tandem buddy for Cook Straight. Yep. And um, she's very, she's, she's got this growing CV of crewing for swims after the <laughs> summer. She's, she's crewed multiple swims, so very experienced and was, uh, was officially chief. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, if, I saw if, that. I saw that. <laughs> so I think Phil said to me um, when we're in the lead up to the swim, so who's your chief? <laughs> so Karina quickly took on the title of chief. Okay. Um, and then Omar, who had just recently swum Cook Straight, so he'd sort of got the swimmer end of the experience. Um, yeah. And then um, uh, Laura Tibbet, who I used to swim with at high school. Um, so she crewed my one-way topal, so she was already experienced. So I had a pretty experienced crew. Um, and then also my mum was on the ground crew. There's no way she's going to be on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Omar's wife, Alicia, was able to take care of my mum, which was quite important. Yeah. yeah. How did your parents cope? Are they, are they, they've um, got a bit of experience now. With the, they do have a bit of experience now. Dad was on the whole time, which was good because he, yeah. him and Mike um, were my IRB buddies, and then I had Phil and Hannah there. Mm. Um, but... I think mum handled the swim a lot better than she's handled some other swims. Um, Cook straight, I remember um, people telling me she had to go, she couldn't watch, she couldn't watch the end, she had to go inside. Um, uh, Fovo, she wasn't on the boat and we had very little reception and service out there, so she was on the ground panicking because my dad, being a bloke, he's not, his communication skills aren't there. <laughs> So there was no messages between them or very little detail. So she was kind of freaking out for that one. But I think Taupo was just very chill. Um, 
because I was most of the time I was happy. I was communicating with my crew. They were letting everyone know, yep, she's good. She's swimming well. Um, yeah, I think everyone was okay. I remember when I did, um, I did Lake Windermere in the UK um, and got a tracker set up. Um, and my mum apparently stayed up all night in New Zealand watching it. And so that kind of, um, that kind of sort of told me that, yeah, I've got to look after my parents on these swims as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Is there anything else we should cover off? We're nearly at 11.30 and I think we've got to go to work. And yeah, I'm unfortunately. supposed to be at work. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything else. I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, it's been really awesome catching up. Yeah, I'm glad you've been. been a. You can talk about your swim now. Yeah, I can talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you talked about your swim to everyone except for me. So. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I was under strict instructions from the what's the Wellington group name? Um. What's your group chat name? Bud Bud. Yeah, I was strict instructions from them not to talk to you. <laughs> oh, I'm curious now who that was. <laughs> I got the message delivered from Mike Cochran. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, don't freak Rebecca out. <laughs> it was probably a good thing. I needed to. I couldn't watch your swim really. I, I like. I saw some of the updates, yeah. but I just had to put it to one side. Go. That's making me too nervous. That, that's what I was told. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, it's been awesome catching up with you. Cool, have a good day. Yeah, you too. See ya. Yeah. That's it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the NZ Swim Bike Run podcast. If you did, we'd love it if you left a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can have future episodes on your device ready when you are. If you want to continue the conversation, join us at NZ Swim Bike Run on Facebook, Instagram, and nzswimbikerun.nz. Thank you.